hello 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 it has been a while and i am not going to apologize for a hiatus but i will say that i have been taking great intentional care of myself and i'm happy to be back this is episode three now of girls like me and today i'm going to be talking about love and i don't just mean love in the the intimate romantic sense but i also mean love in every other sense i get so much love from my my chosen family my friends my associates the work i do is of love and of course my partner I believe a compilation of all those different versions and ways of loving have kept me, kept me alive, kept me sane, kept me well, and I really just want to talk about how important that is. I believe that love is a communal thing, but it's also a communal effort, and I think that what today, what we're missing in the world is just the simple act of love and love is one of those things where it can be unconditional but oftentimes it tends to be conditional so I'm gonna try to give a I guess a larger world view of what I mean by that so for example growing up I knew that I was you know in a family of parents who were married my parents, up until my mother passing, were married for 34 years. And so I saw that a lot growing up. I was raised by a wife and a husband, which is a little different, you know, for everyone. But I saw, in a lot of ways, my parents love each other in a very sacrificial way. I saw my mom, you know, doing all that she could to help my father with his endeavors. And... In some ways, my dad, you know, reciprocated the same. Um, as a teenager, you know, when I <laughs> had what I, who y'all thought was my first love, you know, it to me was a very conditional thing. I loved that person because of who I thought he could be, what I thought we could do, you know, hypothetically. And I'm speaking to code a bit just because, you know, I never know who's listening. So, um, I don't assume that, uh, my podcast is always for adult audiences, but, um, I'm saying all this to say that I believe that up until my current relationship, I had been in the romantic and intimate sense, I've either loved in a sacrificial manner because that's what I was accustomed to seeing or in a very conditional manner. And I think the way that God has been transforming my life has allowed me to see the parts of love that are unconditional. So a fun fact about me, I have the best friends. Like, I have the most amazing friends on this planet. And to be quite honest, that wasn't always the case. I have gone through so many friends in my lifetime, and I've seen the ways that people attach themselves to you to your identity and to your accolades and to your name and your reputation and there were times where you know I thought I had a solid friend and 
something could have happened that allowed me to see their true character and to see that maybe, okay, they were not the friend that I needed. So I chose to end the friendship. There have also been times where people just grow apart. And I think that's the most natural progression. You know, I have friends who were, we were best friends in like, you know, middle school, then we don't talk now because we just grew apart. And I think that's okay. I think sometimes we attach um, like timelines to things that just end naturally. And the real gamble with life is just figuring out who's meant to stay and who's meant to build with. So I think for me, the gamble now has always just been, you know, I know who my day ones are. I have a few. I have one friend, and I'm just not going to name her just because, like, confidentiality. But we have been friends for the longest. We have been friends since, I believe, the sixth grade. And we're both 25. Our days are, I'm sorry, our birthdays are a day apart from each other and you know we've been friends for years and I believe I've learned through her the love the love that requires forgiveness we've had to forgive each other she's had to forgive me for so much um she has been a friend that has seen me through the most traumatic things and was always willing to laugh with me pray with me pray for me cry with me you know and we can always have the most (laughs) beautiful intellectual discourse and you know I think she's my day one because she's a lot like me we have a lot in common our upbringings are very similar and I believe that in a lot of ways she is my soulmate in the friendship realm my other best friend I've known him since high school we met in band and for years we've seen each other grow you know we kept in touch throughout college and um today's his birthday actually <laughs> although I'm recently releasing the episode tomorrow today's his birthday so happy birthday to you if you're listening um but he's shown me so much about how beautiful platonic love is and i have to say platonic in his sense because um it's not a romantic or intimate relationship in the, you know, way that, like, it's never been dating related. But I've seen him set the standard, not just for me, for all of our other women friends, when it comes to just straight up how we should be treated by men. I never touch a door. I never touch a bag. Like, that's bare minimum. But He's always there, always supportive, always has been a listening ear, has always prayed for me, with me, has cried with me, has, you know, manifested so much with me. Like, I remember one time we just sat in a car, we were crying happy tears, we were just so overjoyed and elated with how God has been moving in our lives. And, you know, you don't get friends like that. And I've learned through him how simple love is with how you can show up and support people it's not difficult to do that now it's difficult when you're pouring from an empty cup i'll say that i don't want to just you know be very black and white here sometimes it is difficult to show up for people when you don't 
have it to give and that's okay I think what I've learned especially through our friendship is like you know if you don't have it feel comfortable enough to ask for what you need but also be okay with setting certain boundaries for example <laughs> you know if you know it's time to go out and you know you really want to go but let's say your pockets are looking funny you don't have it it's okay to just say hey i'm gonna set this one out or if you have friends who are generous enough to you know close that gap for you absolutely you know take it i don't want to say take advantage in the sense of like take advantage of them like just use 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 but take advantage in regards of being able to know when to say yes to help because a real friend true friends are people who are not going to judge you or make you feel bad about you know any of that so yeah I I just love my friends I love how we love each other and I love how across different areas of my life I've made friends that have been so beautiful to me and just aiding in my healing and my personal growth as a professional, as an artist, as a person. So I'm always very appreciative. And I love my sisters. (laughs) I love my sisters to death. I would die for them. I would do anything for them because we have such a close relationship i feel because we have been through so much together and when you talk to us all whether it be individually or collectively you know we know what it's like to be under pressure under a telescope and having all eyes on us all of the time not really knowing how to separate ourselves from our parents reputations and status and prestige, um, how difficult it was to grow up in a home that was very conservative and strict. And we had dreams and aspirations that were not quite what our parents always wanted for us or what our communities wanted for us or our environments wanted for us either. So I think we have seen each other grow up and I'm talking about killing it, you know? My younger sister, she just graduated from Clark Atlanta, and she's the first of my siblings to go to a HBCU and to um, graduate and kill it. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> and what she has taught me is that, you know, even through adversity, we lost our mom in 2019, and we all, like, suffered a great ordeal simply because, you know, it's nothing like losing a parent but losing your mother when you've just emerged into adulthood um i can only imagine how she felt through during that time but what i believe kept her what kept me what kept my older sister was how close we were able to be and we've aided each other in our grieving processes of course there's a lot of heavy lifting that we do on our own and in our individual lives but because we have each other it it makes it feel a lot better and through them i've learned the power of you know just sitting back and (laughs) laughing or collectively crying about whatever it is sometimes we may sit and ponder about our mom and 
how we wish she was here and how we knew that she loved us but she had to do what was best for her and it's like to go through so much with them from a very young age I think you know losing our mom was pretty much the icing on top but just being in a crazy environment a lot of times hostile environments you know not having the best relationships with our extended family or with people in our communities along different terms for a lot of different reasons I'm being very vague here just because um I'm telling my story but you know there's also other people involved I don't want to um share too much without the proper disclosure but we've seen each other through so much and I believe that love is what has kept us from tumbling downward or spiraling out of control because we love each other um so much I would be devastated if anything ever happened to them but um of course you know I think about the way that my parents loved me although I do say that I had a difficult childhood and traumatic for a lot of different reasons but I think what I've learned through my parents has been love can be for them so strong that they are afraid sometimes and I think this happens with a lot of parents especially African-American parents a lot of times they don't really know how to help because of a lot of generational gaps and whereas our generation can be a lot more empathetic about different things that we may struggle with our parents just really wanted us to have a better life than they had they didn't want us to have to struggle with anything didn't want us to have to ask or you know, do anything that was what they may have felt out of character for us. And I just saw that love being a lot of times fear and fear of, oh, I'm going to like persuade my child to pursue things that I believe are going to make them money. You know, (laughs) I remember when I went to college and I went for engineering (laughs) <laughs> when I got to Illinois, I applied to nothing but engineering um, programs. So I was looking to be a civil engineer. I know you're like, wait, everything about you says educator artist. How did you get from engineer to this? Well, that's where the, I guess, love came in. Um, <laughs> But I wanted to be a civil engineer because I'm from Chicago and we have a lot of crazy potholes. So my 16, 17 year old brain becoming a civil engineer would allow me to be able to create a special tar or chemical substance that could fill in all of these crazy potholes in the city of Chicago. Like I was very dedicated to doing that. But I realized that my heart was not into that. Although I had a lot of solutions, there were way more problems than I could have thought of that, you know, allowed me to see things differently but that was why I chose engineering because my parents initially told me going into college not to major in art and if you know me you know anything about me I am a child of the arts I played instruments I have sang my entire life I have always been a lover of theater and I'm just uh, I'm a thespian for sure 
And so when they told me that, you know, I was heartbroken. And I was just like, well, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to try engineering first. And I feel, y'all, I feel so bad. And I remember coming back home that first semester of undergrad and looking at grades, they're just like, what happened? How do you go from a 4.0 to this? And the love that they had for me allowed for them to be extremely honest with me and just saying that they didn't feel like I would have been able to succeed there. But my mom, being the tough lover that she was, she was like, no, you're not going to quit. You're going to go back. And <laughs> fast forward to 2022, where I am now going to grad school for my Master's of Fine Arts. It's crazy. So love doesn't always look like somebody pushing you in a reassuring tone. Sometimes love can be somebody applying pressure. And I learned that a lot from my parents. I don't always, I didn't always agree with how they did it. I still now even think about sometimes I'm like, that could have been done a lot better. However, was it effective? Absolutely. And I think that I've learned a lot about having a stable work ethic and how to have a strong sense of discernment as well. And just being a, a good person from my parents. A lot of my life was rooted in service work. And now it still is. I'm looking more into um, fusing the different communities of my life together. And allowing myself to really shine in the arts community. Because it's so vast and broad that, you know, there's a lot to get into. But I know you're like, Laura... This is about love. How are you divvying off into your life? Well, I wanted to like have an underlay for the overlay. That's something we say around these parts. I don't know if anybody else knows what that means, but I really just want to have a smooth um, <laughs> context before I just jump straight into the romantic and intimate life for me. Love to me in the romantic sense is... I feel free, I feel calm, I feel at peace and at ease through the love that I share with my partner. And we have had so many conversations in which I learned that my instinct has been purely off of survival, just trying to make it day by day, just trying to, you know, <laughs> see the end of a week. Um, I've learned so much about how to cope with difficult emotions and how to ask for help when I need it. And I'm at the point in life now where I have a partner where I can ask for all that I need and I can also give what he needs. And it's not ever a time where I feel like he's trying to micromanage me or control me in the sense that I... I feel like some of my previous partners probably did. And I'm saying probably because everything's subjective. <laughs> so I just love the part of love for me that makes sense. I've never felt so in alignment with someone. 
and I get very overwhelmed when I talk about it because one it's very sacred but also there's a level of self-awareness that a person should be at I believe when making the choice to not only date someone but really being in a relationship with them because just from my personal life I can be honest to y'all and just say like there is no way that I could be navigating what I'm navigating right now in my life without my partner and not because I'm codependent but because he allows me to really process so much on a daily basis that I feel like in some areas of my life I don't reserve that level of vulnerability with people so for me it is a beautiful opportunity for us to participate in our individual shadow work but to also allow for each other to grow and to progress in a way that I don't think a lot of young people are tending to do these days. Um, we're both in our, you know, mid to late 20s. So in some ways, you know, these are things that we've just gotten the chance to tackle. But in a lot of ways, it's very new. So I'm saying all this to say that love should be an opportunity to heal, but also replenish restore and rejuvenate areas of your life that have been either dead or just non-existent altogether I'm enjoying this part of my life where I'm like you know experiencing different things I never thought I'd experience before um discovering different pleasures and small um and I'm saying small because, you know, everything is subjective. But small pleasures. Like, I love fine dining, getting to try new restaurants and meeting new people and networking. And, you know, all that would not be possible had I not taken the chance and the risk to love again. After being heartbroken, after being in an emotionally abusive relationship and just not really experiencing or understanding the love that I even wanted for myself. So in a lot of ways, I'm just grateful for my partner, my friends, my family. And I thank God for allowing me to be able to experience this at this stage of life now, you know, after the trauma, after the heartbreak and on a completely different side of it all that allows me to understand that nothing happened in vain but also there was a lot more for me to experience so I'm just grateful to be on the side of it all and the last part I'll make is about self-love I don't think often black women and girls talk enough about the work that we have to do to love ourselves we don't live in a world that tells us that we're beautiful or um, even attractive by societal standards so I'm always working to make sure that I allow myself to know that and other women around me to know that that we are beautiful just the way that we are there's a different kind of again self-awareness 
and self-assurance that allows us to see ourselves as attractive, as beautiful, as worthy of love. And there's not something that we are ever going to be told, right? But we have to know it for ourselves. And what I've grown to learn is that if I allow myself to shrink to societal standards, that I don't think I'll ever... (laughs) get what I deserve and by societal standards I do mean white society like proximity to whiteness I won't get into that today because I'm not wearing my educator's hat today but if we allow ourselves to look at society as the standard of what we accept we will never be happy so as a black feminist as a black woman as a black educator and I have to be very intentional with those terms. I have to be intentional in creating spaces for myself and other women like me to feel loved, confident, competent, and fully capable of knowing that we are not just here as a monolith, but we are here as human beings who deserve the world. So. I don't know who needs to hear this, but sis, invest in yourself. Love yourself. And that doesn't always just mean, you know, getting a fresh mani and pedi. I love manicures and pedicures, but that's not the only tending that we should be doing to ourselves. Be mindful of what you are consuming. Be mindful of the company you keep. Be mindful of the pages that you follow on social media. Be mindful of the food that you put into your body, the substances that we put into our bodies. Love starts not only from within, but it starts in your mind. Tend to your mind. Be able to rewire that negative thinking. I have had to do so much work around not being my own critic all of the time. And I had to realize that most of most of my life that you know I was spending time dedicating so much energy to saying hey I don't think I'm ready I don't think that I have what I need to get this project off of the ground I don't know if I can actually run a podcast and do it myself and actually commit to the time that I need to commit to it you know had I kept doing that I wouldn't be where I'm at and I don't know again who needs to hear this but sis don't be your own critic You know, don't be the reason why you don't do that thing. You do not need to be the reason why you don't achieve something in this life. And that's the promise that I made to myself. I said this year, I'm going to take more risks and I'm not going to be the reason why I don't get anything. I will not be the reason why I don't actually get an opportunity. I will not stifle myself. I will not tell myself no before someone else does. So, again, I don't know who needs to hear this, but make the investment, sis. Or sir. Or bro. (laughs) Make that investment. You are so worthy of all that you want in this life. As a matter of fact, most times what we actually want for ourselves is very minuscule to what God has in store for us. So, as I end this episode of loving love and talking about the way that people love and show up for me in my life 
Love yourself enough to take a risk. Invest in yourself. Loving yourself, if that means you got to go to therapy, get you some therapy. If that means you need a little more God, get you some more God. If that means you need a little more community, get you some community. If you need to go back to school, do it. Whatever it is that you need to do, do it. The way that people are leaving this earth is so concerning. And, you know, every day I wake up to something disheartening, whether it be someone losing their life or someone leaving here without the life being fulfilled I don't want to be another person who leaves this life unfulfilled I don't want to be another soul that leaves here not complete so this is my charge and my challenge love yourself enough to fulfill your life and yourself so I'm gonna leave here y'all because I I get real preachy always at the end (laughs) I love y'all. Please take care of yourselves. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. And I'll see you next time.